Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Color Car Podcast. We're going to talk about the big Moda event coming up in the Arm Sotheby's auction in Miami. And to help me do this, I've got Gord Duff. Gord, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Now, I am going to have a separate podcast to review some of the supercars. So if you're a supercar fan, I will have one special supercar in this podcast. But stay tuned to next week where I'll go in more depth with some of the offerings for the Sotheby's auction. All right, Gord, kind of tell us a little bit about Moto Miami. This is a huge event that's happening beginning on February the 29th and going through the weekend. Uh, could you give us just an overview for those folks that maybe does, they don't know anything about it? Uh, so it's a brand new event for us uh, this year after um, leaving Amelia Island after 20 something years. We had done a sale down in Miami about a year and a half ago. And while down there, just started poking around at you know different locations and seeing if you know it might make sense for us to move further south easier place for people to fly in and out of bigger city more stuff to do um and kind of came across this biltmore hotel in coral gables and it just kind of seemed like it was the perfect fit for us so we decided to one move our auction down that way and and uh to add a car show event to it to make it you know, more interesting for people to make a, a weekend out of it. So, um, you know, we're two weeks out from our inaugural event and we've got over 150 cars for the field for Saturday and Sunday. And there's a little tour on Friday and, and we have some incredible cars coming out from former best of show Pebble Beach winners to uh, the Mercedes uh, uh, Sterling Moss that was just announced. It's coming direct from the Mercedes Benz uh, factory, which um, is a giant, giant deal. Yeah, that is huge. When I saw that, I was like, holy crap, that's a that's a big deal to get that car, right? Yeah. I mean, that's insane. It's a great relationship with Mercedes-Benz now. And and uh, yeah, it was it was great that they were willing to you know participate in our inaugural event. Yeah, what I love about this is I've been to the Biltmore Scottsdale, where obviously we have the Arm Sotheby's auction every year, and it's just a fantastic venue. But then I look at the pictures online at the Coral Gables version. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this place is insane. And it sounds like we're going to be in multiple fairways. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm. our auction cars are going to actually be on one of the fairways. We're constructing a, a tent out back. So the auction cars will be on display starting Thursday morning and our sales Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. But um, the two or three fairways adjacent to where the auction cars will be is where the, the show will be set up and it'll be set up starting for, uh, I think for Saturday afternoon. So it'll be a, a, a Saturday event, Saturday night, and then all day Sunday. And the twist on Sunday is that we're adding a uh, uh, hundred supercars that'll be driven in from, you know, various owners that'll be uh, set up as well. So it'll be like a completely separate section from the actual uh, concourse. So it's just something new to try. Yeah, and I love that because Miami, if you think about Miami, you think of Miami Vice and Testarossas and Daytona Spiders and Ferrari. So it's supercar mecca pretty much, you know. And so to bring out 100 supercars on Sunday to overlay on top of the 150 Concorde cars is just insane. On top of the auction cars, which is like its own Concorde in and of itself, it's really nuts. And I also love the fact that you said 100 cars, but it's, the way I see it, 99 cars are coming in and we're going to do a special unveiling of one particular supercar. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's my understanding. That's even kept secret for me at this moment. 
<laughs> well, you know, if it's kept se secret from you, then it's going to be a big car, a big deal. And so be sure you're out there on Sunday to see what this is. Now, there's a lot of other stuff going on for the entire weekend. I mean, we have the auction preview on Thursday. Uh, I'm looking at the information here. There's a cruise, Moto Miami cruise, Friday morning at 9 a.m. And then we have the auction day one starting at 12 p.m. And then Friday night, it sounds like there'll be a ton of incredible food available. Carbone dinner. Uh, so apparently we're bringing in some celebrity chefs, correctly? Correct? Yeah. The the Carbone was an idea from some friends of ours in Miami. It's it's a super hot ticket to get for to get into the the restaurant to eat. They have one in New York and I think they have one in Vegas. But um, you know, some people wait, I guess, three or four months in order to kind of get a reservation at this place. And again, just a kind of different twist on the traditional, you know concord weekend so we're just trying you know a, a few different things to see how they uh how people react to them yeah because in your typical concord weekend you know i'm trying to figure out all right where are we going to go for lunch or dinner and usually it's packed and you know there's all sorts of stuff whereas this is kind of all-inclusive which i love and not to give anything away but there's a picture of synchronized swimming on the website so who knows there's all sorts of out-of-the-box thinking stuff going on here and the other thing i love is you got magic hour at moda so sometimes you'll have the cars parade in at 5.30 in the morning and nobody can really enjoy that unless you're a true diehard. Well, we've got that happening at 9 a.m., correct? So people can, you know, the light of day, they can see some of these cool cars. Yeah, and, and we'll also have kind of the show set up for Saturday evening under the lights. So there's never really been a concours that's taken place kind of at night. So it's a bit of a, again, another twist on the traditional uh, uh concourse scene right and then overlaying all of this you have Sotheby's luxury and style experiences so I'm assuming that's you know that's your high-end watches your purses your memorabilia you know all sorts of cool stuff yeah they'll have a, a mixture a variety of, of different stuff there that's you know buy it now available we've done similar um, build outs in Monterey over the last couple of years with them and it's been you know well received from the clientele so we're kind of pushing forward with doing it here as well. Yeah, that's great. I remember at Monterey, you had, I think it was six Michael Jordan championship sneakers, one of, from each championship. And, you know, that's just stuff you can't typically see with your own eyes. And so to go to an event such as this, you'll see some really, really cool stuff. All right. Is there anything else about Moda Weekend? You can go to motomiami.com. We'll start talking about some cars here, but anything else about the Moda aspect of it. I, I think for anybody local from Florida or that hasn't made arrangements for something else, I, I think the first year is is going to be a big one for us. And there's been a tremendous tremendous amount of effort put in it by, you know, many, many people. And and uh um you know we always aim to do things uh top notch and and that's what everybody can expect next weekend coming down to you know see what we've put together. Yeah, that's totally true. And I'll, I'll just give one other little story here is I had a client that I was trying to get a couple cars for and talking about top notch, I rolled up a historic Shelby and a historic Ferrari and they kind of wanted to bring the Ferrari. But the response from the folks at Moto was, well, when they see the Shelby display, they probably want to bring the Shelby. And I asked them, well, what are you talking about? We're going to have the fairway laid out like a racing grid, correct? With historic Shelby's. Yes. Yeah. Shelby's, Cobra's. And I think we have a couple GT40s coming as well. So it'll be a, a good variety. We have a really good friend of ours that kind of handled that piece of it for us. And, and you know, we've had great um, 
great interest from clients that that definitely want to see this become successful and are um, you know sending their their really important cars down. So it's uh, we've had great support from our, our our clientele over the last twelve months as well. When I told them that, they decided to bring both cars, so it worked yeah. out great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some cars here. So we're going to cover a couple of the cool cars coming to the Orange Sotheby's Miami auction. Now, what I love about Orange Sotheby's is it's a lot of diversity, which is really cool. And like I said, the supercars, with the exception of one, I'll cover that on a separate podcast. But let's kick this off with what I would call a 1960s supercar, a 1966 Porsche 906 Carrera 6. So this is quite a historic piece, and it's red, which is really, really cool about these cars. Typically, you see them in silver. Uh, what can you tell us about this 906 Carrera 6? I think, you know... Aside from the history, you can you can read online the how authentic this car is that it's restored by one of the best Porsche restorers in the country, Kevin Jeanette. It's been looked after and maintained uh, for the current owner over the last several years from uh, Road Scholars out of Raleigh, North Carolina, another one of the best you know restorations and maintenance shops for for significant Porsches in the country, and. It's a car that's been used, so it's it's done, you know, multiple five hundred to eight hundred mile rallies. It's done uh, a couple of them through Colorado. Like, it's rare to have a car that is, you know, you're going to be able to purchase this car and it's on the button, ready to go. You know, there's so many cars that that, you know, whether it's just the way they've been in a collection where they always need some sorting out and stuff, and this is one of the rare opportunities that you could. You could literally buy this car and drive it home if you so wanted to do that on a 906. But um, you know the pedigree is great, and the 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 restoration quality and the maintenance, and you know the way it's been cared for has been you know second to none. You don't see cars that often come up that are so kind of turnkey on the button, so to speak. Yeah, especially one such as that. That is such a beautiful car, and like you said, being sorted, usable ready to go is a big selling point, especially on such an exotic car, such as a yeah. Porsche 906. All right, next, like I said, we like diversity at RM, and uh, the next one goes in the opposite direction here. 1937 Mercedes-Benz 540K. Uh, estimate on this one's two to $2.4 million. Any Mercedes 540K special. What do you like about this one? Um, it, it's not just a 540k cab a it's it's a a special that was done it's a one-off it's got um the fenders are special they're they're uh similar to a a, a 540k special roadster um the windshield's different on this car the radiator setback it's just got little pieces that were kind of custom made when this car back when it was new so it makes it you know far more special than most other cab A's out there. Um, it's a car that mechanically is sorted and sound. It, it just had a, a, a new top and interior put in the car just to freshen it up some, but it's also a car that like everything matches on it. You know, when the, the interior was put in the car, a lot of the trim pieces, you know, on, on these Mercedes, every piece of trim is stamped with a, a body number. And when we started we did the interior in this car for the the current owner, but when we started pulling the car apart, it was one of those just pure, unmolested. Was always a great car. It wasn't something that had been sitting somewhere for a number of years. It's got ownership history from new. It's it's you know 
for somebody looking for a 540k, this is a great example. And it's, it's, you know, I think priced fairly where you're not looking at one that's, you know, three, four, five million dollars for the money. I think it's, it's very good value, you know, uh, for the quality of this car. Right. Yep. And they are gorgeous and great ownership history on this car. Uh, previous best of show winner at Pebble Beach, which is incredible. So uh, beautiful, beautiful car. I know you're you, you know quite a bit about these uh, Mercedes, so I appreciate you giving us the insight on that. Mm. All right, next, we talked about this a little bit ahead of the call, a 2003 Sailing S7. Now, this is quite the supercar. Estimates 575 to 675. I think these are just stunningly beautiful cars, in my mind. Uh, one of the few American supercars from that era. Um, very rare, very powerful. Uh, what, what can you tell us about this car? Um you don't see them come up that often for sale. I, I think they're still a car that's really undervalued for, you know, the amount that they built, how limited they are, you know, the design that, that, you know, they carry. Um, this one's only got 9,400 uh, miles on it. And it's one of the naturally aspirated ones. I think they built uh, some other competition ones that have superchargers or turbochargers on them. But I think this would be, you know, for what it is, a very easy car to drive versus some of the other ones get to be almost too much of a race car versus like something you could drive on the street. Um, but I think it's a good color combination. And, and you know, it's it's a car in my mind I still feel is, you know, not fully appreciated and valued yet. I totally agree with you because I feel like there's that window of time, you know, you call them analog supercars. They're the last of the most powerful quote unquote, analog cars that are manual and they're powerful. And this is one of those that you could show up to almost any show and you'll be the only one there, you know, versus a, you know, some variant of a Ferrari. Uh, you rare, rarely ever see these things and they're just cool. So yeah, I'm curious to see where that ends. Uh, I would expect that it would exceed the high estimate, but we'll see. That would be a very fun one to watch. All right, next, 1967 Ferrari, 365 California Spider. Now the estimate on this one's four to four point five million dollars. This is a pretty rare bird, right? One of fourteen or so built. You'd never see these either. And this is what you might call a, a '60s supercar, but a drop top version. Yeah, they're extremely rare, right? Only fourteen built. Uh, there hasn't been one on the public market. Last time I checked, it was like 12 or 14 years ago, the last time one of these changed hands. Um, you know, they're obviously not as desirable as a 250 Cal Spider, but far rarer. Um, and I think it's for somebody that is kind of, you know, building out that 60s Ferrari collection that maybe, you know, this is a rare piece to put along with some other cars you have, or just to have something rarer than... I guess a 250 Cal Spider or just something different from a, a series one cab, you know, that, that is still more money than this. And they, they built a lot more of them. The car was restored by Paul Russell and company about 10 or 12 years ago. It's one at platinum. Uh, it's Ferrari red book certified complete numbers matching. I think it's three owners from new. It's always been a good car. It's restored back to its factory colors. Um, you know, we could be another 10 years waiting for one of these to come up. So this is, I think, one of the, the it is one of the stars of the show, but this is a car that I think could surprise us just because you never see them, you know, come up for sale. And and I think there'll be, you know, strong interest in it here uh, 
week after next. Right. Okay. No, that makes sense. All right. Next, you might have, when you saw this on my list, you might have thought, what are you thinking? Because um, it doesn't quite fit with what we've been talking about. But 1990 Mercedes Benz 560 SEL, six liter AMG, the hammer. Uh, this one's different in that it's a limousine offering. And I just wanted you to talk about not necessarily this car in particular, but just the AMG trend, the young timer trend you see, you're seeing out there. They seem to be very, very hot, right? Yeah. You know, for the last, it's probably been honestly a good five years now when these things initially first started kind of emerging or coming to the market. And, and you know, it took people off guard when they, you know, saw us. I think we were the first ones to really bring a big package to, to auction in 17 or 18. And, and um, you know, to see them bring in two, three, four times the estimates we had initially put on them. And I think all of a sudden people woke up to, these are a super rare car, limited numbers. You really need to know what you're looking at because there's lots of cars that were, you know, converted in period. So to find the ones that are born the way that you see them today, like this car is is really rare and and uh, uh, to find them in this kind of condition, right? Because I think, not that they weren't special when they were new, but I think a lot of them were just, you know, used as opposed to right. thinking about them as a, a collector car. And I can't remember if we know what the ownership history was from new, but, you know, this would have been a special order for somebody really significant. And this was at the times, you know, almost before, I guess, when, you know, Porsche was starting special wishes and stuff like that, where, you know, people were special ordering these cars to, you know, the spec that they wanted. But um, yeah, I, I don't know the last time specifically one of these came up for sale, but um, the market is definitely very strong for probably people more, you know, my generation versus yours that are, you know, starting to get into these and, and you know, they were at one time really affordable and, and they still are now compared to, let's say, you know, cars from the sixties or supercars, right? They're, they, they've got a certain segment and, and, you know, um, yeah, super popular. Did you just call me old? Uh, older than me. <laughs> nice save. Nice. So. All right. Next. Uh, this is truly the supercar of the era. I did a, a podcast episode, the fastest car, for every decade. And the Duesenberg was the fastest car for technically 1920s and 1930s. So 1929 Duesenberg Model J sweep panel, dual Cal Phaeton, uh, estimates 2.65 to $2.85 million. I know you love your Duesenbergs. Tell me about this car. Um, it's a great car. It was originally uh, sold to the Wrigley Chewing Gum family. So it actually would have been probably parked in the garage at the top of the hill at the Arizona Biltmore where the Wrigley Mansion's up top. Um, it, in period, what some people did is, is this car originally was born with a different body. And when this car was a year old or a year and a half old, they had this body built and put on the car. Um, but for the Wrigley family, they just decided they wanted an open four-door uh, body for the car. Um, but all numbers are matching on the car. It was restored in, in the late 90s by, I believe it was Brian Joseph up in Michigan. It was maintained by him for probably from the 90s until four or five years ago. And he is well known as one of the best, you know, Duesenberg um, uh, mechanical shops in, in the country. It's now called Straight Eight. Um, and it's it's kind of like the 906 in the way that 
you know, this car's been on some Duesenberg tours. It's 265 horsepower. It's on the button, you know, drivetrains fresh in the car. This is a, uh, another example of a car that somebody can buy and go right away into showing it, go right away into touring it. Like it, it's not going to need additional money spent on it to get it sorted. And, you know, things like that can easily creep up to be 50, a hundred, 150 grand to sort one of these cars out. So, um, you know, I like the history of the car. I like the quality of the car and, and, you know, mechanically it's just, it's, it's one of those on the button ready to go. So when they restored it, did they find any gum stuck up underneath the dash? <laughs> uh, not sure about that. I would have to, to, uh, make Still a phone call, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a great car. And for, for people that aren't into these, this is, you know, this is the McLaren F1 of the 1930s, you know, for American type cars, you could, you can, drive this car at 80 or 90 miles an hour if you so desired to. But um, yeah, one of the most powerful cars of, of the 30s. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Well, we have two more cars left. We're hopping around again a little bit. 1953 Ferrari 250 Europa Coupe, 4.5 to $5.5 million. Now, this is really probably the top echelon of cars in the 1950s. Just a stunning car. It looks like 22 were built. 1953 Paris Motor Show car. And it uh, looks like it has some really strong awards history as well as ownership history. Uh, what can you tell us about this beautiful car? The car has had great pedigree from, from day one, from the show circuit to the way you see it today, the quality of the restoration, the amount of award, awards that this car has won literally around the world. I think this car has been to the Middle East. It's been all over Europe. It's been to many of the shows in North America that the current owner loves showing his his uh, uh, cars once they get uh, restored. Um, you know, it's a very unique looking car from the front grille to the front fenders. Like I do love the design. I love the low roof line on the car. It's painted back to its original colors the way it was at the, the Paris Motor Show. Um, and it's a completely, you know, matching bulletproof car certified, um, you know, checks all the boxes and has no stories. And, and you know, on the high-end vintage Ferrari side of the world, like this is what people want. They want the best quality and they want one that's a completely, you know, uh, pure numbers matching car from front to back. And, and this is one of those examples. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. The color combination, dark maroon, black coves and black top, just beautiful. Um, okay, so for our last car, now this is going back even further, 1930 Cadillac V16 Roadster, one to $1.3 million. I picked this because this was the first year of the V16. Cadillac rolled it out. Just such an iconic car. Uh, what can you tell us about Caddy V16s in general in the collector car market? And uh, any particular notes about this one as well? I mean, a, a Duesenberg's my number one choice. And I think number two would be a V16 Cadillac Roadster. You know, I, I don't think they get much better looking than this car. If you were to buy this in you know, a Duesenberg with a similar body, you're talking, you know, three to four times the money. Um, so I, I think for the value of the car and what you get, it's, it's an extremely, uh, you know, great thing to own. This car's super pure, you know, just like Duesenberg's, there's, you know, a lot of Cadillacs that have been, you know, bodies moved around, new bodies built, motors changed out. Like this is another car that has like, it's pure from day one. Um, 
I think the other cool thing is, uh, it's in the description somewhere, but this is the car used for the Franklin Mint model. So oh, I, that's cool. I think yeah. that's pretty cool that, you know, they use this car, these colors, this one to make that model. So, you know, I, I think that'll appeal to clients like it does to me. I think that just adds, you know, added piece of interest. And then, you know, it's restored in good colors, even though it was a, uh, you know, a car restored 15 or 20 years ago, it's, it's, you'd pick these colors today. And I think that's a important thing on, you know, pre-war cars. Sometimes, unfortunately they had restorations from the seventies or eighties and, you know, bad colors, um, were this, even though it was done a while ago, it's, it's colors you'd pick today. And I, I still think it would look good, you know, on the show circuit, if somebody wanted to, you know, get back into that with this car. Right. Okay. Yeah, it is beautiful. For those that are just listening only, it's a dark green and light green with a black convertible top. Looks like absolutely stunning, uh, beautiful car. All right. One last question for you. So you've seen all these cars. You're pretty much the guy that approves all these cars. So what car would you want? If you can only have one car from the auction, take value out of it, you know, just one that really, that you, when it came through, you're like, oh man. That is sweet. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, it's, it's, I like, I like Duesenbergs. We have a Murphy Roadster also in the auction. We have two. So we're selling a four door Phaeton and we also have a two door convertible coupe. I love cars that have rear mounted spares. So instead of, you know, most thirties cars have spare tires on the front fenders and the odd time car or spares were put on the back of the car and they made very few cars. People, you know, back in the day, didn't think they were as pretty. That's why they actually didn't build as many, but now they're super rare. And I think they make cars way more attractive. So I really like the Murphy Roadster that we have. It's one of two that had rear mount spares put on the car. Um, you know, high quality restoration, um, yeah, it's, it's probably the one that I would take home. If you're like, you could take one car out of here. Uh, that would be the one for me. That's awesome. Well, are there, is there anything else you wanted to cover about the actual auction? Any cars? I know I've, I'm going to have a follow-up podcast with a lot of the supercars. Any other cars you might want to mention? Uh, I, I, I think, you know, as you said in the beginning, we got a great assortment. We have a lot of great supercars. We got stuff from the nineties and, you know, I love the classics. I like the, the, variety i think they're you know they're more about what our company's about i like selling the old stuff so the fact that we have you know some great packards and cadillacs and duesenbergs and i think we have a, a delahaye and a couple different mercedes like we have something for everybody and we have some cars that are you know 40 and 50 grand and then you know they go up to three four five million dollars so we have a good variety in price range as well as as era and you know, we're going to sell, I think, around 62, 64 cars a day. So there'll be nice short auctions where, you know, nobody likes sitting through a five or six hour auction. So I think the way that we have it broken up and with everything else going on at the hotel, um, yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun weekend. And we're looking forward to, you know, having uh, uh, our first successful sale down here in Miami. Awesome, Gord. Well, as, as always, thanks for joining the uh, Collector Car Podcast. All right. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.